Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you could pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Join me, as always, Neil Orfield, Player Q DFS on Twitter, the host of the High Stakes podcast on Stochastic, right? I have to, I have to remember that, Stochastic, not awesome it's been a couple of months now. You got to get used to it eventually. Not right? months. It's been what? Not months. Two months, maybe? Um, six weeks? Yeah, maybe, maybe Maybe it's only been a little over a month. I don't know. At some point, though, we're going to get used to it. Right. And we're in the, with the dog days of, of summer. This is kind of like the kind of, you kind of finally getting sick of baseball, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, uh, I've really slowed down my baseball play. Uh, I've kind of, I've ramped it up on days when I'm doing baseball content. Uh, which has not been that frequent recently. Maybe that's probably it's probably actually the the worst strategy because it's hardest to make baseball lineups when I am doing content. Um, but yeah, I've I've really slowed down my play. Uh, figure I, I've got my my best sports coming up in the fall, so why spend all my money on baseball? Which I had a great year last year, but that was kind of an outlier for me. So I'm starting to lose faith that I really have as much edge as I thought I had in baseball and it could just be, you know, I've had a little, been a little bit unlucky this year, but uh, it has not gone my way. So I've, 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 I've been actually playing more baseball, more MLB, but I'm only playing a couple of lineups a night and I'm getting into the groove of, from a mentality standpoint, because I I was always in uh, outside of soccer. I was always a large field style player, Right. And now I've been focusing on the smaller field stuff, not necessarily the high stakes stuff, but as as you've heard, I've been experimenting with the triple ups, the three mans, the five mans, whatever. Uh, according to my roto tracker, I'm 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 profitable four four percent ROI, uh, okay. which is not you know not great, but still profitable with what yeah. I'm doing. Uh, but in playing the the smaller field stuff, so I'm I'm playing like for instance, I'd play. For uh, my main lineup, which is for my three mans, triple ups, quintuple ups, you know, like like it's not a cash game lineup, but it's kind of for for that purpose. And then like four lineups on each site, so four lineups on FanDuel, four lineups on DraftKings, and like on FanDuel, the four lineups I'm putting into like the the, the hundred mans, the the twenty mans, top three pay, the the single entry stuff, like ten dollars single entry, the ace or something. It's like 250 people. Then there's one that's like 58, right? Like some, like those levels of contest, the $5 single entry, the small, right? Like a $3, 118 person, three max contest that I'm playing one lineup in. Uh, and then on DraftKings, I'm doing the same thing. And I'm playing like one lineup in the 121 and then playing like one lineup in the 44, then one lineup in like the $25 single entry. What what are the the maxes in these in the one twenty one and the forty four? Well, those are single, single entry. entry? No, okay. the forty four is like a twenty max or something or ten max. I mean, it's a. Still you're, just, a you're only entering one though. I'm just entering one. I'm just playing four lineups, but I'm they could be in multiple of the contests. So like it's four lineups. So in one of the lineups, I may have that lineup in the twenty five dollar single entry, the five dollar like single the three max seven hundred man maybe it's in a five dot the five dollar fifty nine man contest and like maybe it's in a, a five dollar twenty man maybe like like it's it's a bunch of things together but they're all like kind of smaller feel like the largest contest I'm entering 
uh, is uh, as a main contest is like the $12 single entry, which is like 1900 or whatever. Okay. And of course, I'm throwing all of these lineups also into the large field contest because I still think they're plus EV in there, even though they're not necessarily built for that. But just in case, you know, 100K or whatever, yeah. I don't think I'm throwing away much EV by doing that anyway. Uh, but because I'm focused on contests that have 500 or less entries, 100 or less entries, that from a psychological standpoint, uh, it feels much closer to when I play soccer. So, like, in, in, in when I play soccer DFS, I'm, pri- I'm primarily playing a cash lineup for double-ups, head-to-heads, all that type of stuff. And then I'm playing, like, small field contests. So I'm playing the 222 and, like, like stuff like that where it's 200 or less entries into the into the contest. And maybe I'm only playing three other lineups, two other lineups, something like that. Uh, in those contests, from a, from a psychological standpoint, uh, when the, uh, the 2% owned cornerback uh, of the biggest underdog scores... Like no one has this guy, like yeah. no, like like that that goal does not matter. Like it for my contest, it doesn't matter. For the large field, it may matter, but for my contest, it doesn't matter. I do not need to have the nuts in my contests. So in soccer, it's very easy for me to like go. It'll be a five game soccer slate, and some forward will score on some team that isn't that popular. He's like five percent owned. In the large field contest, 2% owned in the small field contest. Someone will have, like, maybe two, three lineups have them. But it's not a must. You don't need them because they need to also have seven other players that also do well. So it's, unless that guy scores two goals, probably going to be inconsequential. Or, you know, some defensive midfielder for 3,600 scores and, like, no, like, literally no one has them. Like, literally yeah. no one has him in my contest at all. He's 1% down in the large field. So it's like, psychologically, building lineups and sweating the games, like, I do, getting away from the mindset of, like, I need the nuts. So imagine in baseball, right? You're playing a 13-game MLB slate, and 10 minutes into the slate, you know, Jay, 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 Real Muto hits a home run for the Phillies. Yeah. And, and he's, like, 3% owned. And... Like, it's not like, oh, close your laptop. I don't got the Phillies, right? It's like, I'm dead. I don't got the Phil. I don't got a Philly stack. I don't got real mute, though. Like, in large field, you kind of think that way, psychologically. I mean, not on a 13-game slate. But, yeah, I mean, I to some extent, I agree with you. It, it sets you back a little bit. But, I mean, a single home run isn't going to, you know, eliminate No, of course not. But I'm just saying, in general, let's say the Phil- let's say the Phillies put up a couple of runs. Like, it's the first sure. inning. They put up three home runs in the first inning. Well, not even three home runs. Because three home runs, now you're getting to the maybe you should maybe you need the Phillies. Uh, but let's say, you know, I, uh, there's a double, there's a RBI single, there's a solo shot, there's a, like, there's a stolen base, and it's like, okay, they put up four runs in the first inning. And, like, you're not sitting there going, well, I, out, of my fi- out of my five lineups, I don't got any Phillies. Yeah. Well, well it's, still poss- it's still possible, so, like, like, dude, I got the Astros, and they're playing, you know, two hours from now. They put up nine runs. I'm fine. Like, I don't need any. I do not need any Phillies to, to win this contest. Sure. Like, even if so someone you... has the Phillies, and I look, the Phillies are like 2% owned. And even if someone has the Phillies, I could still beat them. Because it's not like they put up 20 runs. We had the Blue Jays last last week. Of course, I, I had the Blue Jays that slate. So that was great. I did not have the Blue Jays. I That was actually my first slate in a long time where I, 
150 max. I had not been 150 maxing. I decided to get back into it on Friday, naturally. I And I, I've been taking more of an approach this year where I try to choose my lineups. Uh, so rather than spreading out across every team or you know a majority of the teams, I've been picking and choosing, trying to condense my the, the teams that I full stack with. Uh, and of course, I picked ten teams, and the Blue Jays were not one of them. I think they had maybe slight negative leverage or something. They just mm. didn't stand up. They're, they're of course facing Nathan Ovaldi, so it didn't seem like a must play to me. Although oftentimes, I mean, oftentimes I do like uh, stacks, like the high potential stacks against above average to, to good pitchers. Uh, some oftentimes I do, but I did not choose the Blue Jays on that slate, and of course was just absolutely dead. Lost most of my money, so that was. So they scored not what twenty two runs. Like 27. 27 run, right? 27 runs, right? Yeah. I was loving that, that with the position player coming in because, yeah, I, I had the I had the Blue Jays. But but remember, I had the Blue Jays, and I'm only playing like four lineups on each side. So it's like, so for me, yeah. I, I, I was heavily exposed to the Blue Jays because I think on FanDuel, I had them in two of my four lineups, and on DraftKings, I had them in one of my four lineups. So I was going to ask, so, so you are, are you full stacking in these, like even in a 56-person field? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm playing, but I'm more, I'm more concerned with getting the teams right in baseball than getting the batters right. So, obviously, my my quote cash game style lineup that I don't care about correlation or anything like that. I'm just trying to basically get at least a five v five off of the common combinations and sacrificing only as little projection as I can to do so. Even though most yeah. likely I'm I'm sacrificing three or four points to do so, but I'm getting paid three to five x for doing that. So like. That, that's one that's completely separate. But then what I do for my other lineups is that I keep, I keep, I group out all of those combinations also. So like if it's a type of slate where uh, it's uh, the, the Pirates are in cores and they're underpriced because DraftKings forgot and Aaron Judge is going to be popular and this pitcher is going to be popular. Like I'll make a group that basically says that like I'll throw in all the pirates, judge and that pitcher, and say like, like no, no, no more than one, which means I can't get a pirate stack with yeah. judge. I can't get a pirate stack with that pitcher. I can get a one-off pirate with another stack. I can get Aaron Judge without the pirates, right? Like so, I'm like I'm grouping up the the popular combinations, and then from there, I'm basically I'm basically running running my aggregate projections and then seeing I'm like let me see the top 20 five threes right and the more the 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 more the more high score higher scoring teams on the slate like the more higher totals the more likely I'm actually uh, gonna run like a four four or a four three one because I want to okay. capture as many team like many people from the teams as possible on a lower scoring slate I just want a five man stack and a lot of times the five man stack will have three one offs but what I'll do is I'll just run through the different combinations. So I, I'll run the top 25 threes, the top 25 twos, the top 25 X's, the top 25 four three ones, and then sort each out by the ownership. So basically remove the lineups that are too high owned for whatever. And then I look, I look at those and I go, I've already grouped out the popular combinations. So it's like, okay, which one, which one is the, which one is the highest one? Right. And I go, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take this one. And then maybe it's a 5-2 of whatever. Some others, it's the Astros. 5-2-1 with some guy and the two pitchers. And I take that one. Now, once I take that one, it's like, well, how much of that team, do I want to play any more stacks of that team? 
in my four other lineups, right? Because now right. I have 25%, whatever. If I if it's no, I'll just make a, either make a group and say no more than one so I could get a one off of those or maybe a two-man and then run it and then basically do the whole thing again, and then run it again, right? Or maybe I look at the 20 and I pick, and maybe there's four lineups that I that are close enough in projection, but they're different enough, especially on the slates where a lot of teams are equal to each other on the larger slates. And sometimes even in those 20s, I find the four lineups that I want. I'm like, I look and I see, it's like, okay, I already, I, I have this pitcher in my cash lineup, my quote cash lineup. I have it in the first two lineups that I picked. I don't want to have any more of that pitcher. Right. Right. And I go, okay, well, let me just get rid of all the ones with that pitcher and let's see what's left. And is the, is the ownership worth the, the projection? I'm still playing pretty high projected lineups because I'm yeah. playing small field contests, but I'm just basically going by that, but I'm making sure not to play popular combinations of okay. players. Can I, uh, can I ask you a question here? So you said if there, if it's a slate where there are multiple high projected teams, mm-hmm. you're more likely to play like a four, four or four, three, one. Would that be true in a large field contest? Or is that only because you're playing smaller field? Cause I think generally for me, if I see a lot of high scoring teams, I'm more likely to run full five man stacks. In, in, a, in a in a large field. Yes. Because then, then okay. the more runs that a team scores, the more likely the five man pays off. Okay, right, so you're looking so, for a, a higher floor and a higher ceiling because you're in smaller contests. Right, I'm looking for I'm looking for a higher floor. It's not even floor. the ceiling; it's a higher floor. It's just that, yeah. like for instance, like let's just give an example. Let's say there are five teams that have a five plus total. Now yep. that means one of these teams could also put up 14 runs, and if one of the yep. teams put up 14 runs, you're probably in a in a large field, especially you're going to want the five man stack because there's going to be five players on that team that are worth playing when they score yep. 14 runs. Now, what happens if all those five teams score eight runs each? It's quite possible that that a fight like it would have been the four man is fine and the fifth guy only has eight points. Yep. So like to increase my floor so I could get exposure to to yep. two of those teams with more of the players, then I'm playing more 4-4-4 four, 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 because I'm only playing small field contests. So I'm not yep. playing for the one team to score 14 runs. I'm just playing for I need to not have these combinations and have two teams that score whatever. Now on a slate where there's only one team with a five plus total and everything else is kind of in the mid fours, it's quite possible that that some of these teams put up four or five runs, so a five man stack doesn't come through. Maybe one of them puts up eight, and the five man is worth it even with one of the players having 10 points and not 22, because none of the other teams really put up that many points either. So, like, I, I don't mind it, because I'm not thinking for large field. In large field, Neil, I'm play, I'm doing the five-man stacks on draft. Like, I, it's not a question. Okay. By default, I'm pretty much playing five-man stacks. But in these small field stuff, especially when I'm playing against either people that are, one, building cash lineups— and throwing them in, or they're building five man, they're building large field style lineups, like five, they're playing five X lineups. So when they play five X in these contests that are like 200 people or less, you see a lot of like yesterday, for instance, the Dodgers or something, or like whatever that combination is, you're going to see a lot more of it, the condensing of the combination. So anyone that's playing the Dodgers most likely has Ashby, most likely has as uh, as Granky. right has as Grank as, as like you know what what it's going to be like. Most likely that they're not playing a, 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 a they're playing a different first. But like I don't know what it was yesterday specifically for this show. But I just I could go through and know like Jose Ramirez at third base, 
right, is going to be there with Fran Mil- like on, on FanDuel, Fran Mil- Reyes was popular because he was 2,300 against the Red Sox. And I'm like, okay, anyone that has Fran Mil- probably has Jose Ramirez in their lineup also. And then they're more, li- they're more likely, uh, if they're spending down at Reyes, they're either going to have Manaya or they're going to have Ashby. So I, I kind of put together what in, in these smaller field contests, people are more likely to jam chalk and, and stack. So it's like, I don't want to play the similar stack. So like I remember yesterday with the Dodgers being popular, like the most popular players were uh, Turner at short, Betts in the outfield, and Will Smith at catcher. My, I played the Dodgers in a, in a stack and had Gavin uh, Lux, Freeman, and Muncie. So I did. So because I wasn't going to play more than one of Beth Smith, Turner in the lineup because, though, especially with Ashby, with the popular pitcher. So like, really, all I'm doing is I'm still kind of playing the chalk. I'm not like I'm rarely playing like like leverage stacking. I'm not playing you know uh, stacking against Garrett Cole. I'm pretty much not playing like low projected teams at all because I don't really need to. It's just that I'm avoiding all the combinations that I'm more likely to see together. So like if the, if, if Jose, if the, if the Cleveland, if the Cleveland guardians go off when Reyes and Ramirez are, are chalk, like I got, I may have a guardian stack that doesn't have both of them together. And I just have to hope that not all the points get scored from Ramirez and Reyes. Right, that Jimenez has some points and Rosario has more of the points. So it's like you didn't need, like I have Manny Machado in my lineup at third base and not Ramirez, right? So I still may be playing those teams. It's just a matter of like not in those popular, not in the popular, not playing the popular one-off. When Aaron Judge is 42% owned in single entry as a one-off, all I all I know is that in the past week you'll lose anyway because he hits a home run every fucking day. Uh, no matter what, it, fe- it feels like. But it's like, I don't mind Judge as long as it's not in the popular combinations. But I'm not going out of my way to play low-owned stuff. I ended up in the 121 yesterday with, with the Orioles stack. Okay. Or and but it, Kluber. Against Kluber. But it wasn't, it wasn't because I was targeting Orioles. It's because I grouped out so many Dodgers, Guardians, and Red Sox who, who were and, and the, and that were projected better mm-hmm. that— the cut that their other hitters didn't project as well as the entire five man Oriole stack with the three Dodgers. So like if I like my one twenty one lineup was essentially the Oriole five man Orioles and then the three Dodgers and not the popular three dot like like yeah. it had like uh no I had Turner in that line I had like Turner Muncie and 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 uh, and I don't know Bellinger maybe or something some, something like that. But I had like Rushman and Odor and Mountcastle and and Hayes and Santander, and then I also had like like a, a Max Fried at nine percent in that lineup, and it's like the raw projection was good, the ownership was low, and then there you go. Then I mean, I didn't choose any of that. It's just that when I'm looking through the lineups after I put in all the groups, it's like okay, the, the, the Orioles seem to fit in these lineups, and these is the, this is the projection, this is the ownership. Uh, it's the, it's the top one that I see after removing some of them. Okay. There's my 121 lineup. Now move on to the next thing. And maybe I, I have four more, li- I have three more lineups, four more lineups, whatever. Now all I do is like, well, how much do I really want Rodney O'Doran again? Do I want the Orioles again? Maybe I X someone out and just run it again. 
I go, okay, I don't want any, I don't want, I don't want uh, uh, Freed in another lineup. So just X him out and run another 20 and see what comes Have up. Have you thought about just hand building? Well, that's kind of what I'm doing. I mean, that's, I mean, but you're saying, I mean, you're not, you're not choosing the players. You just said, I'm right. not choosing this stack. It's what it's giving me after I eliminate all of these other players. So, I mean, you're kind of, but I'm putting them in by hand. I'm not even, I'm not even uploading a oh, CSV. Okay. I'm putting them in. I'm literally putting, tapping on the app or whatever and putting them in because, because I got con because right. they're all in multiple contests. So it's hard to organize on, on a CSV, but. So I will say, I, I've thought about playing sort of taking the same approach you have in MLB and switching to higher stakes for MLB only. Because it's the only sport that I have had some success at uh, in just hand-building lineups that I'm still, you know, looking at the the top stack tool and stuff. And Yeah, I'm not even, but I'm not even looking at, Neil, the, the thing about my process, not even looking at that at all. Not And not even looking at who's over-owned, under, obviously eliminating lineups will give me more of the players that are under-owned and less of the players that are over-owned as it is. Uh, but, but are you eliminated lineups based on who, which stacks you expect to be high owned? I'm combinations which, that I would stack. Combinations yeah, of players, which yeah. tends to be the ones that are right. So like once, once I know that Betts, Turner and Smith are high owned and I say, I only want one of them. It's going to be much harder for me to get Dodger stacks five minutes. Right. right. I mean, it just naturally happens that way. But the point is the top, like the top stacks tool is more useful for large field GPP True, it's because I'm not, I'm playing game. smaller field content. So if you were to play the high stakes, you're, you'd be doing the same exact thing uh, as me. It's just that I'm not playing that. I'm not playing the 777. I'm playing like one. The 121 is my biggest entry contest. I'm playing the 25 dollars thing, but I'm just putting them in multiple. So like each lineup of mine, I've if I've my four lineups, my 121 lineup is really like 150 dollars of volume. I also have the 50 in the large field. I have a $4 and I maybe have a, in, a, in one of those hundo contests, right? Mm-hmm. So it's in like five contests. And then the other three lineups equal about 80 to a hundred dollars worth of volume. Cause I'm playing them in multiple. So I'm like adding them up that way. Instead of playing like one $250 four max entry, I'm playing a hundred dollars of like eight different contests mm-hmm. of like, and, but I'm looking for like, especially an hour before lock, they'll start releasing like, the second run and third runs of some of those single entry three max, like it'll be the twenty dollar three max, hundred and eight people, right? When the original contest is four seventy or something, and it's like, well, right. this is a three max and has the similar percentage payout structures. Give me that. It's a hundred. It's a basically a hundred man contest, and a lot of times, especially late, uh, a lot of the the the, the whales, the, the top volume players, are just spamming those contests and putting their cash game lineups in because. It's late in the lobby, so it's like okay, I'll just add this to one of my four lineups that I have underneath, and okay, this 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 lineup goes from sixty dollars worth of volume now to eighty dollars worth of volume, and whatever. Instead of just putting in like a two fifty, a one twenty one, so I'm I'm spending less money per line. I'm doing the same thing. It's just a matter of how much how much money, how much volume. Yeah, yeah. Like you could do it by doing the seven seventy seven, the two fifty, the one, the one twenty one would be your less volume lineup, and while it's my highest volume, but you're you'd be more likely to do that that way only because you're not. I'm also playing like a thousand dollars of volume in the triple ups and all, right? Because that's that's taking up that that if I wasn't playing that, then I'd be more likely to play the two fifty, the one eighty, the one twenty one, right, and do it that way. But I, I think I, I think the my simulated ROI in the the triple ups is very good. Like yeah. I'm actually running under expectation at at four percent. At four percent. So like I, I I want to do that, but 
psychologically, it's some it's uh, it, it that it's so much more. It's it's a weird feel. Like when you play large field GPPs, psychologically, especially when you're spread out your exposures, you feel as lift like dude. As I just want to stack to hit. Right, I just don't yeah. want all four to two games because I'm playing five man stacks everywhere, yeah. right? So it's like, uh, I don't care if it's the Tigers that put up twelve runs because I may only have two or three of those lineups, but I have two or three of those lineups, and it's a matter of oh, when the Tigers put up eight runs in the first inning or something, now you're looking through and you go, okay, well let me take a those are the lineups that I care about, right? But when you play like five lineups total and you don't have the Tigers, like you feel as if like up. Oh, Close the laptop. But in small field GPPs, like yesterday, like yesterday was the Tigers against Manaya, who was the highest owned pitcher. Yep. Uh, I made money, and I had zero. I I I I Javi Baez on as a one off on Fanduel, so that that helped with eighteen points, especially when Turner barely had any. Uh, but like I I I can't, I tr- I three X'd one of my uh, GPP lineups. It was a hundred dollars worth of volume, and I got like three twenty one or something like that. It was a lineup that had Ashby and Kelly, pretty much the, the, the two nut pitchers that you needed, because yeah. Kelly put up thirty four and Ashby put up twenty six. All of the other batters were in the single digits: three points, nine points, eight points, like, like not like nothing. Like it was it was a it was essentially it was a Red Sox Guardians five three. Uh, that, that was the, the first deck I built yesterday. Was Red Sox Guardians, and they were just shit. Right, but I had the two best pitchers. That lineup three X. Only because, like, yeah, but the but the Tigers did so well. Yeah, but the Tigers were barely owned. Yeah. Now, in the large field GPPs, that lineup would have, like, 1.5x. I would have, I min, because I looked at the $15 content, because it was in the 15, and I did min cash. I got 25 bucks for it. But in the single entry, in the, the smaller field stuff, you know, I was, that lineup placed, like, 37th or something. I mean, like, I was, because the Tigers were barely on. Manaya was more owned than, because, People were more likely to play him in the smaller field stuff. So, like, from from a psychological perspective, like, getting away from the notion of, like, I don't need the nuts. I don't need the nuts. I don't need the nuts. Like, it it helps me, like, yeah, I don't mind not having this team. I don't mind, like, this is what I'm planting my flag on. These are the lineups that I'm building. And if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, I, I mean, I'm in cash. I, I, I mean, like, it's, 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 not, it's not as daunting but of course, the, the 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 downside or the reverse is, like, unless I just happen to get lucky that that is also a large field win, like I'm not like the 121 first place is five thousand dollars. So it's like there's right. no there's no like oh my god hundred thousand dollar type of thing. But yep. to to me, based on what I'm seeing and looking through, I like my general philosophy. How do I make the most amount of money for the least amount of risk with the least amount of time? Mm-hmm. This is fits way more that I think heading into foot into football season, I think I'm much more likely to play like this. I think I'm much more likely to to play play tri- a triple up can like and, and and NFL dude Neil in NFL NFL cash games now now here here's here's the caveat the first month of NFL I will be playing two. Two, two, quote, cash lineups. I will be playing a straight cash lineup and I will be playing a triple up, quintuple up type of lineup. Okay. Because the first month of NFL cash games, we get new people in. and as lo- I've heard that it's easy to make money. Right, that it's yeah. easy, right. So I don't want to give up on that. But 
it's also very easy to figure out what the lineups are, right? Baseball, sometimes there's some ambiguity. There's like three pitchers that are projected around the same, right? There's yeah. there's like, did you play Soto or did you play Judge or did you play Acuna? In the line? Like, and they're all like, there's nothing that's going to be that popular. Like you get some positions that you do, right? But a lot of times, you know, you can predict within a 2v2, but in NFL, that imagine early in the season, Sure, that straight cash lineup is fine. You throw in and double ups and wait for the wait for the the bad players to go broke. You know, six weeks into the season, then it starts getting a little bit harder. Uh, but imagine late season NFL. Like, dude, you know how easy it is to just go. What's the blitz optimal? What's the ETR optimal? What's the stochastic optimal? Right, and go. Okay, what's the? Co- Let me take a look across all three. Oh, all three have Alvin Kamara. X out Alvin Kamara. All three have. Right to have uh, Noah fan, yeah. and then it's like okay, once I x these out, and then go okay, give me the best lineup that doesn't have those players in it. And I go okay, how many points lower projected? Three and a half points, and let, compared to all these three lineups, I'm a five v five, and then I just shove them into quintuple ups, and I look at a twenty eight man quintuple up, and I see ten people with the ETR optimal, and I see eight people with the blitz optimal. Like it almost feels like I'm playing against like five lineups total. Right, and as, as long as if I beat one of them, I probably beat all of them. So, like, like to me, and I'm looking more forward to NFL sh- uh, showdown. That could work as well, right? Because you just go through, and because so many people that play the cash stuff are playing. Yeah, I'm sure. Play. I I know exactly the projection sources they're looking at, and they're so distinct that it's easy to it it's easy to see how how can I be different and then play three to five x contests, but on the on the other side. Uh, instead of playing like the $9 slant or the $3 play, playing the large field stuff, like, why don't I just do the same exact build four lineups and go, right, so here, here, here's, here's, my, here's uh, a stand. What one pushback, uh, based on something that you say all the time, which is seek out the worst opponents and aren't the worst opponents going to be in NFL and the, the largest field contest. So it sounds like you're kind of giving up You're you're seeking out the, the worst opponents to take That's this true. approach. Maybe, 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 but maybe I do both. Okay. Maybe so you'll maybe, still throw it into the the milli maker. No, no, no. Maybe I maybe I do make a hundred and fifty set and do that separately also. Oh, okay, I see. Right, like maybe maybe I do that as well. I mean, especially in football because you have the time. Sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's just that you have so much more lead time. It's like most of the time I'm building my lineup Sunday, uh, Saturday night. Right, because you get that late news, the practice news, any type of injury stuff. Triple Saturday, you get the Schefter tweets, that type of thing. I could wake up at, at Sunday at nine in the morning, four hours before and still be fine. I mean, yeah, much different. I, I, I can't get myself to do it. I still can't get myself to make my lineups before all of the uh, inactives come out an hour and a half before the game start. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll get past it this year, but I just, now I, I want to know unless, all the information when I start. And unless, the, unless there's something that dramatically changed, unless we expect something, there's nothing. And if we expect possibility, then I'll just, I'll just make two of them. Sure. One with and one without type of thing. And you have like, what if projections, that type. But I'm just saying that the style, like I like, but that isn't that the main thing that I, that I, I've struggled with the entire length of this podcast of like the large field contest have the weakest players, but it's just fucking ridiculous to realize your edge. Yeah. Right. And is it more worthwhile? Is the opponent, because the, the difference is, is that in, in these, in these smaller field stuff, People are playing suboptimally. 
right? Even the good players are playing suboptimally because they're playing lineups that that while they are that they may be sl- slightly plus EV, it's just not worth their time to change because they're playing twenty thousand dollars worth of volume. Right. Like so, it's it's not a matter of like oh they're bad. It's just they're they're not paying attention to the twenty five dollars single entry contest. They're just throwing in a fucking lineup. Yep. type of thing. So there's like no one concentrating on these things like that. So it's like, yes, there is there less edge in those contests? Yes, but it's also more realistic that I could realize that edge over the course of a year rather than three lifetimes, right? And hope I get lucky and hit first instead of third, right? And the difference between 100000 and $15,000 is yep. dramatic. So... I'm not saying you can't do both, right? It depends. I said, on- well, you had it in you to both. I mean, you're usually such a nit. You're now you're going to be throwing everything in the in the milli, and then you're playing all these other contests as well. No, plus I typically don't play the milli. The- okay, okay. The slant. You you play the slant, but the slant has gotten worse because they they pared that down. That yeah, I, the slant. It's all it, pros at this point. Yeah. Yeah, fifty percent of lineups are one hundred and fifty maxes, unless they make it bigger. Like when I won it, it was it was sixty five thousand entries. Yeah. And like last year, they were like making it like twenty thousand entries total for nine bucks, yeah. and then like ten thousand entries would be hundred and fifty maxes. Much different when sixty five thousand entries are in there and only ten thousand or one fifty maxes. Yeah, but I think that that, that uh, getting back to the the the, the psychological thing is that just like in soccer, I feel so much more comfortable. Obviously, I've been playing DFS soccer for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I just feel so much more comfortable going, well, if Ivan Tony scores a goal, then fuck it, then whatever, then who gives a shit, right? Like like that type of, you know, like, uh, like some forward that like barely anyone has in this contest. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm so easy, it's so easy for me to do that. Yet in like other sports, I'm like, well, what if, what if this running back goes for 30 points? Like I could say that about God knows how, what happens if this stuff, what if today's the day and Marlins put up 10 runs? I might as well have one lineup with the Marlins just in case. Like, but when you're playing 500 entry contests or less, 100 entry contests, who gives a fuck, right? Who gives a shit? If fucking Brian Dela Cruz hits two home runs, who the yeah. fuck has that guy in my contest? No one, yeah. right? It's so much It's so much easier to say. Uh, and also that the, the leverage thing is like, I almost don't even have to think about it because I'm playing higher projected lineups anyway. So I'm I'm not I'm not playing a lineup that you know if if the top five man five x lineup is let's say median projection is 115 points, dude I'm not playing a lineup at 88, right? I'm, it doesn't matter even if it commensurate with its ownership is worthwhile to play that would be a large field lineup. So if the best five x lineup is 115, I'm playing lineups at like 105, right? 108, like something like you know like something. Somewhere in that range, and most likely in order to play a lineup that that's that's high enough projected like that, you're probably playing some of the high t- team total teams, right? You're probably, probably the most inefficiently priced teams to some extent. It's just that, let me make sure to, like, dude, anyone that has this stack, like half of these people will have this picture and that, that one-off. So just make sure to not have that, right? Or people will have this team, but they won't have the, you know, they won't have the ninth hitter, Right. Every, everyone's playing Josh Lowe at 2,300 on the on the Rays, batting fifth. And I'm playing Brett Phillips at 2,100, batting eighth. Is right? Lau on the Rays? I don't know. Well, there's two Lau. There's Brandon Lau and Josh Lowe. Or Brandon Lowe and Josh Lau. Nate, Nate and Brandon. 
And then I think there might be a Josh Lowe on the Rangers. No, Josh Lowe. No, Josh Lowe is on the on the Rays. There's Nate Nate Lowe. Yeah, I know, the but there's also a Josh Lowe on on the Rays. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'll take your word for it. Trust me, I played him. I know. I, all right, I know the Rays lineup. I believe it. Right. But that, but him, but the the thing about doing that is that now I don't have to like. Okay, well, who's the highest owned pitcher? How do I stack against that? Like, I'm not even thinking. I'm just using the numbers and going like. Like, I don't have to beat everyone, right? I don't have to beat 30,000 people. I don't so have really, to. I don't need the nuts. Psychologically, you just get to sweat a little bit longer is what I'm hearing. Uh, not necessarily. Like, you don't know that you're out. Of, you never know that you're out of it in the first 10 minutes because. Because you don't, don't have, have it. Have no, yeah, no, that, that, that would be correct. Unless yes. it's the chalk. If it is the chalk, then you could still be dead. If the chalk hits in the first 10 minutes, you could still be dead. No, yeah, I'm more, I'm more likely to be dead the other way. I'm more likely to be dead with like. The thirty percent on one off, hitting a home run on their first at bat, and me having yeah. in five liners having none of them, right? Right, and going, oh my god, okay, I'm down fourteen points to a thirty percent on guy. Oh well, right? Or or the pitcher, or you have you have the under own pitcher in in four out of five of your lineups, and he gives up five runs in the first inning. Yeah, even you're not you're That's now you're dead. dead to win. You could cash. I cashed the other day. What was that picture the other day? What was the fucking picture that it was chalk and put up negative eight or whatever? Uh, was it just yesterday with a... Uh, no, Manaya got you two points. No, there was a picture of the... Oh, oh, Ian Anderson. Okay. Yeah, you don't. You didn't play a slate every day. Yeah, he projected... I don't even know if I played it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he went out and he put up a fucking dud. I still cashed two lineups with him. Fucking negative eight. Because it was like 40% owned. Right, yeah, so... Right, so and even then, see, that's the point. It's like in large field, if you're like, I have a pitcher with negative eight in in eighty percent of my lineups. Is there a point in even caring anymore? You know, you lost. Yeah, good luck and, to you, dude. I I made money that slate. <laughs> I made. I how did I make money? Because I didn't have Ian Anderson on Fanduel. I had I had uh, Dylan Cease or whoever the hell else it was. Mm-hmm. Right, and a lot of times, my my who do I play like the in that in the cash lineup? I'm playing. It's it's very weird. I'm playing the opposite. A lot of times it works out that I'm playing the opposite on sites. So for instance, uh because of salary per because of the way the salaries work out, so it's quite possible that like uh Jose Ramirez in cash games, like in cash type lineups, is like 70% owned on DraftKings. Right? Because everyone's playing this the Alec Thomas for the Diamondbacks at outfield, and they're paying playing uh, uh, some uh, some five K pitcher that should have been eight K, right? So like the way that it works out is like sixty two hundred dollar Jose Ramirez is chalk on on DraftKings, and I'm I X him out, and I'm able to play a lineup that's a five e five that's only two points off or three points off, so I don't have Ramirez, even though he's seventy percent owned in my triple ups. I don't have him, but on FanDuel, Josh Donaldson is twenty five hundred, like, or for some odd reason, and the Yankees have a six total, so he's chalk, but not Ramirez because Ramirez is forty two hundred, so Ramirez is like ten percent owned, but because I'm not playing Donaldson on FanDuel, right, I end up with Ramirez on FanDuel, yeah. so like, if my if Ramirez does well, like it screws my DraftKings lineups. But it helps my FanDuel lineups, and it's quite possible on DraftKings, I have $4,300 Josh Donaldson instead of 
Ramirez. So like I have the opposite on the sites and, and the best arbitrage is when they both do just well enough that they help me, but don't hurt me. Yep. Right. Where Ramirez, they both put up 12 points. So it's like, they don't get there either way where I don't need them, but they still give me enough points on each site where I win. I win everywhere. I mean, that doesn't happen uh, all the time, but because, because obviously the best rejected players are going to be the best rejected, just the med point per dollar wise. It may be better on one side versus the other, or the way that positions work out where obviously like the catcher that I'm playing on DraftKings. I'm most likely not playing on FanDuel because if you're playing a cheap catcher on, if you're playing a $2,200 Carson Kelly on DraftKings, like FanDuel, the salaries are soft and you don't need to play a catcher in the catcher first baseman spot. So like, I really don't run into that that often. It's just, it's just a weird dynamic where I could literally be war- be like, yeah, I'm rooting for Jose Ramirez, kind of, right? I, yeah, that's similar to how I uh, how I sweat MMA. I think, which uh, doesn't really help anything. But I like throughout the fights, I'm like, oh, I, you know, she's 7600. If she scores 78 fantasy points, that's like right in that sweet spot where I don't know that she's going to be optimal, but she could be optimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that happened on on Saturday. I had a lot of Victoria, whatever her name, Leonardo, is. Victoria Leonardo. I had right. I was well over the field of her, and I was. Uh, I mean, I was hoping for more, but I was like, yeah, I guess all my lineups are still live here because she was she was optimal. With her, still up. Was she, she was optimal? optimal. No one had no one had the optimal in the large field GPP. Really, okay. it was one of those. It was one of those. It was a weird slate where the nine K options put up a lot of points, but you couldn't have three of them in your lineup because the only low, the only two dogs won. Only three, well, three dogs won because Blades, but Blades was seventy nine hundred. Leonardo was 7,800 and Klein was 7,000. So you needed Klein in order to get in two 9K fighters. But since none of the other underdogs underneath 7,800 won, you couldn't fit three of them in. So even though three okay. the three 9K fighters were th- three out of the four top scores, you couldn't have all three of them because you would be run out of salary. So sure. it turns out that Leonardo at 7,800, like with 78 points, becomes becomes optimal even though she wasn't like she was like the eighth highest scoring fighter on the slate or ninth or something like that. Yeah. Right. Or not no, he was even she was she was one of the lowest scoring winners. But she was priced lower than the eight K guys. Yeah. That did well. It was one it was a just a, a, a weird slate a, a slate I predicted like that. Just that I needed another underdog to like I had lineups like that as long as one of the other underdogs won. That were cheap enough, yeah. right? So God, I jammed in barbell type of lineups. And then, of course, we get a main event that has an injury 40 seconds in. That was Again. such a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, but I, li- I like the questions that you post on Twitter during MMA because I, I just like seeing how stupid people how, how <laughs> People follow me. People follow you. They listen to our shows and probably watch our stuff. How could I, it's uh, the sampling bias should make it that, like, imagine the, 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 outcome of of one of those polls of people that don't follow us right well so i i wonder if part of it is that i don't post a show results option either so people might be have no idea about mma and just kind of click at random without really knowing what the scores should be that then why would they care about the results if they don't even know what's going on good point yeah that's a good point yeah i don't know but you always but for people that don't know a lot of times early in an mma slate you'll put in like like four fights in, you'll put in like th- this fighter 
is this much and scored this many points. This fighter scored this much and this many points. This fighter scored this much and this. If you if you knew these outcomes before the slate, and you're building for large field GPP, you have one lineup for large field. How many of the fighters would you have in your lineup? Now I always get the answer right, uh, and there's there's never been ambiguity anytime you've done this. I think that this past week there was some ambiguity because so because of Mokayev at ninety five hundred like that. Mukai, and then also uh, Victoria uh, Leonardo. Leonardo was in there. I don't no, know if she was clear cut that you, that we put her in your lineup. I don't know. No, I didn't think it was clear cut. I thought that the, the, the uh, did did you put it up by the time Pierce broke the slate? Yep. Yeah. So, so to was, me, I put in one. I said that's because the 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 ninety five hundred dollar fighter may still not be optimal on a fourteen game slate, but Pierce definitely is. So like obviously I mean, zero is nothing. Yeah. One forty five for eighty seven hundred. You ain't beating that like yep. anything at all. So I think it was like Makayev, Pierce, and Leonardo, and I'm like yep. one. You could make somewhat of a case for two with Makayev at 119 or whatever he scored, or what did he score? He scored. I think 119. 119. 119 right. Yeah. But I didn't think the Leonardo. I think 78 for 7800 was an easy. Didn't she ended up being optimal. <laughs> Yeah. Now, of course, of course, but I'm yeah. saying probabilistically, you had so okay. many other fighters on that slate that 78 yeah. most likely on a 14 fight slate, no matter what their price is, was so was not going to be right, out. You don't mean that you uh, the outcome uh, came out the way. You just mean like I was right probabilistically. Yeah, probabilistically, right? That, that's would, all I care. I would expect. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. I don't care about. Right. You have so many other. You have 11. You have uh, 10 fights remaining. You have pl- seven of those. 10 fights are expected to end inside the distance. You have the main event there. You have three 9K fighters that have 120-point ceilings. Like, why Like why am I paying? Why, why do I? How often on any slate does a 78-point fighter at any price make the optimal? Yeah. Quite low. I, I just, I, my pushback is you say that it's generally very obvious what the right answer is. I think that last week was probably the, the one time that it was not at all obvious to me what the right answer was between those three. I thought there was a good chance that Mikhaev was uh, would be in the optimal at 90. Well, that, well, that, well, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Leonardo. I'm talking about more of Mikhaev. Like, I could see that, but I think probabilistically that it may be not as clear as the other past week, because the past weeks you've done it in... Some of it has been like, there's one very... And I try to wait until there's not an extremely obvious answer, but... Uh, like one time you put in the highest price fighter and he only scored like 98 points, 96 right. points. And then people are like putting in two, two, two. I'm like, no, you don't play this guy. Like, like, no, like I know he put up 96 points, but he's not going to be a top. He's most likely not going to be a top six fighter at that score on a 12 fight card with other people left to go. But like there's, and then there's also times where the answer is zero, where they put, you know, you, you say, Oh, someone scored 88 points for 8,400. Like, if you knew that, it's like no, I still zero, right? Like it's it's still a zero. But then like, like a a guy that the harder one to me, the, truthfully, the harder ones are the the low nine k guys that put up about a hundred. So like it's a nine k guy, it's nine thousand. They put up a hundred and two, right? And it's like especially when there's like three guys higher than them that haven't fought yet, and it's like. That's not bad for ninth out. Like that could be up. That could be. And then the other one is a low is a the like seven k guy that puts up eighty five. Yeah. Right. So it's like 
He's op- He's definitely optimal if no other underdogs win, right? Definitely optimal if even even only one other underdog wins. And he's also, even if multiple underdogs win, if the 9K fighters put up 120 apiece and you could jam three in, you're going to need the 85 points over there. Like that, to me, those are the hardest ones. Yeah. Where it's like, like, I don't know if 85 points cuts it, no matter what the salary is, but... Uh, it's more likely to happen on slates like the the other the sl- this past slate where like half the fighters are two to one three to one favorites, right. but on a slate where there's a lot of pick where the highest price guy is minus two twenty, getting eighty five points for seven k is not is not like the slate before that one where like seven underdogs won and the optimal lineup would have left like thirty four hundred on the table, like yep. like eighty five points you wouldn't want to have in your line. I just find that the polls interesting because it's interesting to see what people think. Yeah, I mean, that's, but I mean, that's it's, why it's, I do them. it's interesting because like even in the non-obvious things, you put like three things. There's one that's obviously wrong. Yeah, and then I see that oh wow, twelve percent of people are really dumb. Yeah, that follow you. I, I think the, I think typically the majority get it right. Or get yes, it, what, what I would think is the right answer. But but yeah, there's always some. The majority do, but it's still not like. I would consider you're following you're following us. Yeah, that, that the correct answer would be like ninety five percent, but it isn't. It ends up the correct answer is like forty eight percent, and then it's like twenty two percent of this, and then twelve percent. Like I like who's who's voting on this? It's the same thing when I do that during during football season when I would do the the leverage, right? Leverage. The leverage the leverage and I would try to make it as obvious as possible. So I'm trying I'm picking the same position, similar salary. So no one could say, well, it depends on the salary or anything like that. And I'm like, who would be, what would be considered a leverage play? And I'm all just the definition. And all I'm doing is basically going, okay, who is, who is the, uh, the, the high, uh, David Montgomery is the highest owned uh, running, uh, running back on the slate. Right. So I'm like, okay, let me take a look. $4,800 Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney is sitting there at 5% ownership. I'm like, okay, what what other similarly priced wide receivers are in that range? And I make sure that those wide receivers are not on teams with high-owned running backs. And I just put the four players out there and I go, what's the leverage play? And then I look and I'm like, typically the majority get it right. And I'm like, okay, I get like 700 reply, you know, poll answers. Yep. And it's like uh, 56% pick Darnell Mooney. And I'm like, what the fuck are the other 44? What are the 44% of people? And then I get replies of like, uh, I, f- I find out that it's not a lot of times where the person, the, the replier doesn't understand what the, the leverage play is, is that they have no concept of what, what the ownership is. Okay. Right. So they'll they'll I'll put down in that example. I'll put down Darnell Mooney, but I'll also put down uh, uh, Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling. I'm yep. I'm not even sure what the I assume he's still on the Packers, right? No, he's on the Chiefs now. Oh, he's on the Chiefs now. Well, let's say he was on the Packers, right? Uh, like I put that there, and then someone will say, uh, "Yeah, it's it's obviously MVS because Aaron Jones is going to be high owned." And I look at like, okay, Aaron Jones is going to be like nine percent on, like like. Like it's not like David Montgomery is going to be thirty five percent down at fifty six hundred or something like that. It's like, so it's like okay. He, so this person that replied understood what a leverage right. play is, 
But it's like, well, you're not getting much leverage off a 9% owned running back. Like, it's just that they didn't know that that, like, oh, well, obviously Aaron Jones is going to be the one of the highest owned running. Like, he's not going to be. What time of the week do you post these polls? Typically Friday. Okay. So right. at that point, the, the data is out there. Generally. Yeah, the data is out there, right? This is Friday and Saturday. I'm not, and I'm not making it like where you have, there's any type of, like, there's clearly one right answer. There's so clear. The other three are complete. Like, I make sure of it. Like, it's Marquez Brown. Like, so, like Marquise Brown on a slate where, like, well, how is that leverage or anything? Like, and Right? Or it could be a wide receiver on a team that another wide receiver is popular. Like, it's it could be the type of thing where where uh, 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 Jalen Waddell is chalk on, 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 on DraftKings, and it's like, you know, uh, Preston Williams. Is the yeah. uh, at one percent or something like or whatever? You just think of the other Dolphins receiver or something on a team, right? Sterling Shepard at forty two hundred is chalk, and it's like okay, here's uh, here's fucking Kenny uh, Holiday, yeah, uh, Darius Slayton or something, Slayton, yeah. right, or something like that. Like it's that type of thing. But the problem is, is that a lot of the replies are just like, I, or are you the, They don't understand leverage, but a lot of times it's like, dude, do you not? How do you not know what the ownership of these people are? Right? And you're following me. Right. Well, I it mean, it should be a selection bias. They're not all going to be super smart. But if you're following me, shouldn't shouldn't there be a selection bias towards towards like anyone that's following you, for instance, should not get the answer wrong being that they probably are subscribed to Stochastic. Yeah, typically there people following me are subscribed to Stochastic or regularly watch this show. Right. Those are the, those are my followers right. generally, I think. So imagine someone that's subscribed to Stochastic that says, well, I'm going to play this guy because Aaron Jones is going to be high owned. It's like, like, no. It's not like the ownership projections are different. Like, it could be one of those things. Yeah. Oh, Stochastic has him at 32% and they're wrong. Right, right, and ETR and everyone else has them at, at, at single digits. Yeah, then I could understand that you have bad information, but that tip that doesn't happen. Doesn't really, yeah. Now it really, it really like there are discrepancies between the sites, but not that never that dramatic. Yeah. Right. So you wouldn't get confused that way. I think I think the answer might be that people don't take Twitter polls all that seriously. So people or they're doing it to troll. I think they're or more they're to troll. No, I, no, I no, no, no. no, they're not trolling you. So I don't understand your polls. I can understand people trolling me. You're nice. You have no no reason for people to troll you. I suppose there are a lot of trolls though. People just like I'm going to gonna screw up Neil's poll by putting in zero, even though Jonathan Pierce scored 145 points. I, I don't see that. People just fuck Probably with not. me sometimes, right? Sure. You're they reply by play whoever you want. Pick whoever you want. Pick whoever. You, yes. Yeah. I, yes. I've. Yes. I've heard that. I've heard that eight hundred times. Yes. You're not being <laughs> clever anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe people are just wrong. So it always comes. Occam's razor. It always comes down. Right. It, like like even even my wife. Like my wife will complain about something. Went to the store. Someone did something like that. It's like, why would they ever think, why would they, why would someone buy and do this and do, and I go, dude, just go, go down to the really, really simplest things. Like, don't try to explain it. People are stupid. <laughs> just, people are stupid. Yep. Once you have, once it's like, okay, they didn't mean, they weren't doing it intentionally. They weren't doing it because they weren't, they weren't thinking through it. They weren't, there wasn't no type of plan involved. It's just people are fucking stupid. Yep. 
right? Not a lot, a lot, a lot of the time. Yeah. Right. And in this world, in this, in, in, in as human beings, you don't need the nuts to win. <laughs> it's true. Right. Have you, have you, have you ever met uh, people that are successful in business? And then within like 10 minutes, you go, how the fuck is this guy successful in business? <laughs> I have, I have had that. Yeah. Yes. Many times. Right. You go, you go, it's like, oh, they, 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 and I'm not saying that they're like, oh, they run a, they run a whatever, the, the manufacturing company or whatever that makes like that. And they, they have 500 employees and they're, they're worth $10 million. And then you talk to them and in five minutes you go, how come this, how, how come this guy has more money than me? <laughs> I mean, there could be really, really dumb people who are really smart at individual things. Like people who don't have a ton of logic, uh, intelligence in you know like iq sense can be really knowledgeable about certain things there are people who you know can start a business really young and really get to know a product really well so i don't know there's a lot See, of that, ways to get to get rich right yeah but most of the time it's because uh in that's those types of scenarios you find out within five minutes that oh because your dad owned the company yeah that, that's frequently that is that is true. But I think that there are also self-made people who are not that smart, but have found a way to make a lot of money. Or not that smart in, in one sense, but maybe smart in a sense that uh, I don't appreciate as much sometimes. Right. I don't mind, the, like the hustlers. Yeah. Like hustlers. I, 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 but to me, I consider hustlers to be smart people. Sure. I'm not talking about book smart. I'm just talking about like just common sense and There's logic. There's a lot of different stuff. types of smart. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Like that. Yeah. Like. You could talk to me, like, you come to me and you go, oh, let's talk about art and literature. I must be the dumbest fucking person to you because, like, me I, too. I, me too. I don't, I don't, I don't read. I don't, like, I bear, I can name some pain. I could, I could probably do well enough in, like, the first two slots in Jeopardy for those categories. I'm a, so I, I do trivia with a group of friends from law school. Off and on, we do trivia. And the running joke is that my contribution, I get one answer. Each time we play, I get one answer that nobody else knows. And that's that's kind of my goal when I play trivia with my smart friends because they all like – they know everything and I just – I can usually pick out one thing that nobody else knows. Or, or, the, or, the, or the stuff where book smart people don't, right? I, I take I, – I, I'm, I'm in charge of the sports category. I nailed the uh, spouses or, or love interests of athletes. One time we had a section. I went five for five like and it was, you know uh, – Brooke Shields and Andrea Agassi, like they mm -hmm. went back and I just knew all of those, uh, th those random kind of things. But yeah, anything that's like geography, yeah, I'm out. My no, no, geography I'm good at. I mean, it's certain, it's, it's certain, like capitals of city, capitals of countries, all those types of things. Yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm good at that type of trivia, but there's certain subjects that I have like no interest in whatsoever. So it's like, I, there's no point in, but there's no point in me talking about it. So like to people in, the, in those circles, it'd be like, oh, this person's dumb, but I'm, I'm never in those circles. So that's a much different, uh, that's what I consider stupid people. Stupid, like to me, the, the, the people that are, that are stupid are people that don't real, like don't realize that they're talking to smarter people. <laughs> and there's like, a lot of people like that. Right. That, that annoys me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not like. It, it, it sounds weird for me to say, Neil, but a lot of times in public, in, pu in public situations, I'm the quietest person. <laughs> is that is that, that weird? For, like, if, if we were to go it's out... It's not to, weird just because you and I have talked enough that I know that you... I mean, and, and you've said this enough on podcasts that your personality is different outside of being on a show. So 
No, so but even no, it's the same personality. But I'm just talking about if if like if I if I go, uh, you know, go out with my wife with to her friends and there's a meet and there's a party or whatever like that. Most most people, or even with her own family, we go up and there's a barbecue or something like that. Most people are like, Jordan's so quiet. It's like, well, no one's talking about anything that either one I'm interested in, or two I know anything about. Yeah. So what is what is what what am I? I'm not gonna if I don't know something, I'm not gonna fucking say anything. What what can I contribute? That my that my my the two uh, brother in laws or whatever are brother talking about fixing up some fucking truck or something, dude. I don't even change my own oil. Like I, what, yeah. what, what can I possibly talk? I'm not even interested in the subject. So I have no yeah. even questions to even ask. So like, yeah. I'm the quiet, I'm I'm just standing there. Oh, not in my head. Oh, gasket, this carburetor, that I don't. Okay. Right. Like I'm this. similar, but I don't think that would surprise as many people. I'm not as loud on the podcast. I'm not as outspoken. So probably not as shocking that I am definitely similar in that if people, if a conversation starts and I'm not interested in it. I am not one to feign interest generally for very long. I, you know, I'll try sometimes to, to act interested for a little bit, but I'm not very good at doing it for very long. So no, me neither. I'm, I'm in the same boat. But the, on the opposite, if, if, if people are discussing something that I'm highly oh, knowledgeable yeah. and highly interested in, I'm well, I, 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 it ends up becoming this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm happy to talk sports or politics or things that interest me, but, uh, right. And then talk things. about it for, what time is it? Oh my God, we've been talking for six hours. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then at other things, it'd be like, when can we get out of here? Because <laughs> this does not interest me whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Like my, 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 my wife's friends, a lot of them are into, into like, uh, uh, like, uh, not, I wouldn't say comic books, but kind of like science fiction, fantasy, graphic novel. Graphic novel yeah. Like, they're more like more into like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, okay. that type of. I don't watch any of that stuff. I know vaguely know the characters, right? Like, but have you at uh, least watched The Boys? No, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, you got to watch The Boys. Okay, I'll I'll put it on. It's on my list. Highly I got recommend. a long list. Uh, but I don't like the people that interject. Like, I'm not that. Like, I'm I'm not going to talk about. I know that I know much less than these people. I'm not going to say, yeah, I think Wolverine is cool. Like, I'm not, I'm like, it's, why do I have to interject myself? I don't know as much. So even if I'm slightly interested, I'll just listen. Cause why wouldn't yeah. I listen? I know that they are smarter. I know they know more than me. Yeah. Right. And there and are people who have the exact opposite personality where they're like, they need to get their words in on any subject. And I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. But people think I'm that person, but I'm really not that person. Yeah, you're only that person on DFS podcast where you have opinions about everything. Right. But yeah. even even if like even if I think that even in a situation where let's say I was in a little group in a, at at an event somewhere and it was me, Whistles, Brian and Alex. Yeah. Something like that and they're talking about some some Python something, but some they're they're doing some some type of modeling, some type of whatever like that. What the I'd be I'd I'd be listening, right? They know more than me. There's no reason for me to like like what can I? Yes, I know DFS, but I don't know exactly what they're like. It's more important for me to pick up stuff. Like I'm going to learn more by not talking than by talking. 
because I have nothing to add to this. And if I ask a question, it's going to be an informed question, right? It'll be something right. like, well, based on this, can I do it? Can can it be done X, Y, and Z? What are the pros and cons of that? And then maybe that's a discussion. But then I'm asking a question then like, it's it's almost, it's, <laughs> this, this, is, this is really fucked up to say. The more that I'm talking in a conversation, the more that I think that you're stupid. Uh, in a in a Shit, way, blender. in a way. <laughs> Based on all the feedback we've gotten on this podcast, Blender, this is not good news for me. Right, but that but that I or didn't mean, forget, Right, fair. but you understand what I'm saying? Like the yeah, the no, com- the, the common thing you'll you hear from a lot a lot of a lot of people is you you don't want to be the smartest one in the room. Yeah, you want to be the room with smarter people because that's how that's how you learn. I've said that many times on high stakes. So that's uh, that's how I live my life. Is I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. So I like to. Which all I mean by that is I find people who are smarter than me more interesting or people who are as smart as me right. more interesting than people who are – that I don't find to be that intelligent. Right. But that but that's that, – hence why outside of this type of space, I'm much more likely like I want to hang out with smart people even if they have the different interests than me only because mm-hmm. there's more there's more to learn. It's more, it's, it's more intellectually fulfilling and I may yeah. not be even participating in the conversation. Right. So like yeah. the more likely that I'm talking in a conversation, the more likely it is that I'm at least at or above the level of knowledge on the subject that's being talked about. And the less I'm talking, the more likely that I'm done the least yet. You, yep. yet you, you know, people that are the opposite. Yeah. Right. That are the complete you, you and you get it both ways. Because you get you get the people that are the least knowledgeable, the Dunning Kruger people, the least knowledgeable talking about the most, talking the most in a com. And it imagine in DFS, in fantasy sports, that you're just you're you go to a family barbecue, long lost cousin or whatever is there who loves playing fantasy sports, and he plays in season long leagues, occasionally go, plays on DraftKings, and he wants to, he doesn't know, but he doesn't know you. Right, he thinks right. you're Neil the, the the whatever, whatever you used to do, right? Accounting, something. Lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. Right? Okay. Well, it's always something like that. I forgot. Uh, they think of you as Neil the lawyer, and now they're going to tell Neil, dude, dude. You know, you heard of DraftKings? Yeah, right. Yeah. And they start talking and like, and yo, I, I, I got, I got this, and I, and they talk like they know what they're talking about, and the more that they talk, you know how little they're, of what they're, right, that, these are the people that you beat in the contests, yep. and it's like, and then you get the other side of, and then you get what you're doing in the conversation, the people that are really smart that don't say anything, right? Yep. Right, and a lot of times, like in poker, you would find that so often, I'm sure. Right. That, that, that the smartest people, are the ones that you don't hear from at all. And, and the ones that don't, the richest people, are the ones that look the, the schlubbiest, right. The people that come in their, their, their sweat, sweat shoe, uh, you know, sweatpants or whatever, you know, the fifth. You have to reach a threshold there though. It's like billionaires to be like the schlubbiest really. Right. Not the schlubby, but still not, they don't flaunt anything. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, and then the entire table, like the poker table is talking about, about, uh, you know, some, some type of uh, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, uh, it could be. I don't know. And then, like the, and you know, the person sitting next to you is like, like, like a PhD in that subject, right? 
like a PhD in like history. And there, t- some people are talking at the table about whatever. And this person just literally doesn't say anything. Yep. And I'm sitting and I'm sitting there knowing that the person, because I, I would know the person and like, I'm surprised you're not correcting all this bullshit that they're talking about. <laughs> and, and, but that person's attitude is why, what's the point? What's yeah. the point? Right. There's no, po- I don't care. I don't care. Like to me, yep. to me, I'm here to play here to make money. I'm glad that these people are stupid. Yeah. Right. Doesn't harm me at all. Doesn't harm me at all for, for these people to talk and be wrong about it and not say, actually, uh, this blah, blah, blah. You know, the Istanbul used to be a city where we're like, like the, yeah. they, don't, they don't, because they're talking to dumb people. And they're like, why am I wasting my time talking to dumb people? Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I have the same, same approach. <laughs> not doing a lot of talking about things I don't know a lot about in general. Uh, and happy to listen. I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm out with people who are having an interesting conversation that I don't have anything to contribute, I'm totally happy to listen. Um, Blender, I did want to ask you one thing, which is what do I have to do to get a birthday cake on my birthday from DraftKings? Cause throughout the past year, I've been watching, everybody's been posting their birthday cakes from DraftKings. I've been just biding my time waiting for my birthday. Today well, when's my your birthday? birthday? It's today. You got no oh, cake. it's today. Where's my fucking cake, Blender? <laughs> well, I'm not getting you a cake. Where's my DraftKings cake? Did they? Are, what tier are you? I'm uh, Onyx. Oh, then you should have a cake. You should be getting a cake. I I forgot if I got a cake too early or too late. I don't I don't I don't remember. I know you I don't got get, a cake. I remember because your cake was like misformed, kind of. Or like no, 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 because that it wasn't misformed. It's just that the writing on the cake because of the wrapping was wrapped on the top. So when you took off the wrapping, all of the wording came off. Okay. Right, okay. so that's why it looked like that. I wasn't expecting. I don't even know if I got that on the. I. I it was a. Ra- I got it around well, it my birthday. Be coming. It might still be coming. It's not even that. It wasn't even that great of a cake. I just want a cake. Why? <laughs> I have good. a decanter that I can't that I don't use for anything. What the fuck am I going to do? Right. I don't. Drink I've never enough. used my decanter. I'm probably never going to use my decanter because I don't drink like high high enough level of bourbon. But uh, if I ever get a nice bottle, I'll put it in that decanter. I don't drink enough. To even have, I, like, drink, I drink plenty. I, I can drink. I drink enough for the both of us. Now, you uh, can I've, drink I've enough for like Mia for plenty. five years. Yeah, I don't understand. I like. I think I could. Ca- the, this year, I think I've. I, no, I've drank the most I've have in recent memory this year, and that's a baby a grand total of eight drinks. That's yeah, the mo- only because I because we've gone out because like I like at WrestleMania I had like a drink at the hotel or something like like me and my wife have gone out on trips. More often, we went. We were in Las Vegas for a week. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I had like maybe like like a rum and coke or something. Because typically, my wife will get a drink, and I'll just say, whatever you get, just get me one, right? Like it doesn't matter because I know that anything that she gets, I, I don't mind drinking anyway. She doesn't get stuff that I don't necessarily like, but it's pretty plain, a Jaeger bomb. Okay, fine, something like that. And my wife doesn't have high tolerance at all, so two drinks, she's done, right? Mm-hmm. Like me, I have absurd tolerance. I could drink eight of those and not have not anything. Oh, so that's why you don't drink because it's like, what's the point? Right. What's the point? Right. I, I'm going to drink a drink that is doesn't taste good, right? To not have any effect, and and I don't even like that effect to begin with. Yeah. Right. So like, what then? What? Why am I? What am I doing? What am I? Right. I'm much more likely to drink a drink a Red Bull. Right. It's like okay. It's like it's like it's it's like it's like cocaine. Even though I've never had cocaine, but it's like for the types of types of stuff that I do, it's like 
I want to be as awake as possible and be able to concentrate and like a tree could fall outside and it won't even phase me because I'm so wired. Like yeah. that's the state that I like that to me, that's the state. I don't like the I'm stumbling around because what am I going to do? Yeah. Stumble around and build 150 DFS lineups? No, of course not. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't typically drink until I'm stumbling around. Not, not that frequently, but dude, well, I have a bot a, Dur- during the the pandemic, right? Uh, the draft, uh, not DraftKings, uh, Roto Grinders. We didn't have a Super Bowl party, so we had a virtual Super Bowl party, and then they bought through Drizzly. Oh yeah, I was jealous. Right? They bought they but they bought us like fifty dollars worth of whatever the hell we wanted. I still have those bottles, <laughs> right? Of course. That's that. That was that was what that was like two years ago, a year and a half. Ago, I still have it. Right? Yeah. I, I got to, uh, uh, no, what, what ends up happening a lot of times, no, I, no, I actually, no, I don't have that bottle. That bottle we gave as a gift. <laughs> so like, like we'll go to a, when you go to someone's house or something like that, oh, we'll bring, and, okay, Woodford Reserve, oh, okay, uh, you bring it, because I know everyone else drinks, but what am I going to do, leave that up here? Woodford Reserve or Maker's Mark or some yeah. type of bourbon or something yep. like that. But bourbon you drink, but you drink more. It seems like every like Adam obviously drinks a ton. Yeah. According to his Twitter timeline, yeah, I drink. I drink a good amount. I drink a lot of bourbon, uh, other stuff like tequila. I'll, I'll have tequila for forever because I don't drink tequila. I don't drink rum. I don't drink basically anything other than like you know bourbon uh, whiskeys. Do you find that 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 DFS people there are more people that drink a lot? I'm not saying alcoholic a lot, but still a lot. Uh. Yes, I think so. I mean, I I don't know that many DFS people in real life, so my entire impression is based on Twitter. Twitter, right? That's, that's all at, I'm at dealing live with. Finals, at, at live finals, people are drinking a ton, but that's also open bar in a unique situation. You're with a lot of people you don't really know, so people are probably more inclined to drink more to make themselves more comfortable. Um, but I would guess that that's probably true. In general, yeah. I also went to law school, and lawyers are known for, you know, drinking a ton right uh, so a lot of my friends are lawyers but but my the the people from law school that i keep in touch with for the most part are not huge drinkers so i don't know if they're an outlier but yeah i, I would say i would say in general based on twitter and based on live finals yes dfs people drink a lot or or is it a certain type of dfs person because i would i would like would you can cons- like like nerdy type people don't seem like the type of people that would be big drinkers true in general. In general. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just stereo. Maybe I'm just I'm projecting the stuff that I I mean I I don't I don't find the appeal in drinking, so I just project that upon well, are these people seem like me. Why are they drinking? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I have no idea how much Steve Buzzard drinks or like Right, or Rinpack. How much does Rin Rinpack doesn't Rinpack seem like drink. so I know Rinpack does drink because we actually he, he was at the Tournament of Champions this year. So I have drank with Rinpack. I know that he is it can drink. I don't know if he does regularly. Right. Um, well that's what I'm saying. If you if you if if we were at a live final, you would I would I would end up having a drink or two. And you'd be yeah. like, Oh, okay, Jordan drinks. Like, no, I really yeah, yeah, this is like true. the two drinks I out of five I'll have all year, right? Like yeah, like that type of thing. Yeah. And it's also it's also like it's like oh if it's only beer, it's like dude uh, you'll see me nursing the same can for four hours because after about a quarter of the the beer like this tastes horrible, like it tastes good at at peak coldness, I could stand about a quarter of it and then after that it just like why yeah. why does anyone want to drink this? 
I don't understand this yeah. t- this taste. Like, why? Who wants bitter shit? See, I I enjoy alcohol and like, I mean, I, I enjoy some alcohols. Like, I enjoy a mixed drink. I enjoy wine. I enjoy beer. Uh, but like, all of it has to be kind of in the right setting for me. Other than bourbon, bourbon I can enjoy. You know, any in the even basically any evening I can enjoy a bourbon. But like, beer has to be. I have to be in the mood for a beer. Which sometimes I'm just like, I really want a beer. Uh, a lot of times I don't. Me, the, the, um, only, the only the only drinks that I the only drinks that I could I drink regularly if if I were to drink regularly would be the fucking frozen drinks. Yeah, it's like a matter of making like you can't yeah. really make them at home easily. But yeah. I mean, like on on a cruise or whatever like that, fucking give me a daiquiri. Yeah, like I don't mind a little fucking umbrella shit like that. <laughs> like give me anything that's sweet that tastes like a fruit, like that's not bitter, like and you could barely taste any alcohol at all. Like, dude, give it to me without alcohol. Like, that's what, like I'm perfectly fine with the virgin because I'm drinking it more because it's like, oh, it's like a milkshake, right? Like a like an like a Bailey's Irish cream, like the Irish coffees type of thing, and then they'll make it into like a frozen drink. Like, it just is just like getting a coffee milkshake from Haagen Dazs or something. Like, I'm drinking it for that. The alcohol is secondary. It's like I don't even care if there is alcohol in there. So really, am I really drinking for drinking? No, I'm drinking because it's a tastes it's good. A, it's a sweet drink. Like, yeah, you might as well just give me a Chick Fil A milkshake for all you care. I don't get that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. You don't like drinking. I think if I didn't like drinking, I would not drink either because it's obviously much healthier. <laughs> so good, good choice there. Ah, uh, we talked about a lot. Uh, we're we're we're, we're going to be off for a while. Just like you're you're off at, from high stakes, so yep. uh, they're, they're, typically we we do every two weeks. But I'm I'm working on the uh, the four advanced players version of theory of nice. DFS. So I that the goal the expected released is August twenty second. So that's a that's a Monday. So we would normally nice. record and do this show on the eighth and then the twenty second. So basically we're skipping over the eighth, so I could spend all my time recording and putting stuff together for for that and then hopefully- i will also be out of town by the way on the 22nd so you will need to find somebody else okay okay so so on the 22nd i'll probably get james on right james nice. has never been oh, on perfect. this podcast yeah. right is he really yeah right well the, the whole the whole point of that if, if you want if you want to know is that well james is on with me on my monday's rotor grinder show that's true and the type of people that would be tuning into this podcast that's named after the course already know who James is. It's kind of like a way to sprinkle in people in different spots that to get people that don't know who you are different. It's, it, there's a method behind the madness, right? But James has never actually been on this podcast. So probably being that we're re- releasing something together on the 22nd seems like a yeah, perfect time. Good timing. Right. But then, but you'll be back for football season, right? NFL. You'll be back after that. I think so. Yeah. Are you down? I'll ask you just live, whatever. Are you down to, just during football season with me and Eric? We would do it every week because we review the past NFL slate. What's your um, schedule? There, I will have to see what my schedule looks like. My schedule might be changing a little bit uh, coming soon, so I will. We will have to discuss off of there. But if I okay. if I am able to, I would definitely be down. Okay, but 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 the more for the audience during NFL season, there will be an episode every week. Even if it's even even if it's not you on it, it'll be yep. with someone review because during NFL season that's the biggest DFS season. And truthfully, this podcast started out with me and Eric 
just going over strategies and what we thought through on the previous NFL slate. Then once NFL season's over, it's like, oh, now what do we do? It's like, okay, now we can talk about whatever's happened over the course of the week. So I still want to get back to the, you know, people yeah. on Mondays be able to like review the slate and think, yeah. how did good players think about things yeah. type of podcast. So even if it's not with you, it'll be with, with someone else, with someone. Someone will come yeah. on. I'll get, I, like I always get, I'll get someone, I'll get someone on. We'll yeah. talk about stuff. But people can see the see the, the 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 agenda that we have on these podcasts. That literally, you come on and I press record, and we don't. Other than that, we don't really talk otherwise. Yeah, you usually start with "You ready?" and then it's and then we start. Right, right. So it's like people may look at it, say, "Oh, you guys have great chemistry. You must talk a lot outside." It's like, no, I don't think we literally talk at all outside of what you hear. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes we talk after the show for for twenty minutes. Sometimes. Or, or DMs. Oftentimes not. Yeah, or right. DM, yeah. Or DMs or something like that. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but high high stake. Who who's gonna be who's gonna be the first guest on the second season, the new season of high stake? I have not lined anybody up. I mean, it's, we're still a month away, uh, so I have not lined up anybody there. I've talked to several people. I'm hoping to get uh, DFS Hoffbrock King, mm-hmm. uh, Eric Hoffman, who I, I spent a lot of time with uh, at the. Um, Tournament of Champions with, with Eric, and I can tell you that he drinks. He, he's a he's a good drinker. Um, I, I'm hoping to have him on uh, early in the season, and that's about when he thought he would be uh, available. So, I think he tried to start out with a big bang, like big guess. I mean, he's he he was just named by uh, by Whistles Go as potentially the the best DFS player this year. So, oh, okay. Uh, and stakes. if he says so, that stakes. means it has to be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it also I think the the numbers bear it out. He's been crushing this year. So. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna get we'll different. See. I mean, you'll you'll get different people. I mean, there's still tons of people that you. I mean, it's like, oh, there's only so oh, yeah. many, so many players that you could have on. Like, no, there's there's a lot. Of, now, there's a lot of people that you see over and over again because they're more accessible. But sure. it's not like you can't reach out to people. I mean, I've had people on the show that like, look, I'm the first person to have Nerdy Tenor on. Now, I had Nerdy Tenor's on everything. I was on everything. Yep. Right. I was right? good. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, there, yeah, there are, there are plenty of people still out there. Uh, who knows how many, how many are willing to come on podcasts? I guess that's that's what we're going to find out. Well, it's also a matter of not just willing, it's just people that you have to be, you have to ask. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm willing to ask. Right. <laughs> I've been asking. Right, because some people aren't even willing to ask. Like some people, yeah. right, that don't even don't even bother. And like, and there's there's also some people that, uh, it is it even worth is it worth like. I'm more likely to ask people that are lesser known than are well known. Like so, so I'm I'm less likely to be like, oh, this guy has been on like seven podcasts already. Let me get him on for like. Uh, I know that that's someone that I could ask at some point because they're more likely to be on a podcast. But like they're they're like people. Someone asked me today, it's like, why haven't I had Alex on? <laughs> like Alex is already on all of his stuff already. Like. What yeah. what are what am I gonna? Because remember, this is not really an interview show. It's a uh, two DFS people talking to each other. Like I, what is there anything that I could talk about, Alex, that he doesn't already talk about already? Not could, that I mean, much. You could introduce him to a new audience potentially. There might be people who watch this who are not really I don't know familiar with Alex. I, mean, I don't know if that's. I true. mean, that's a purpose for him. I'm not. I'm not saying I wouldn't want to have him on, but that's that would be the main reason why. It's like why haven't you had Adam Levitan on? Like, dude, he does a podcast like three times a week. Like, like these these are people that you could listen to. Like, there's nothing necessarily for me to talk about enough 
that it's worth at, at some point. Sure. I can reach out to yeah. Adam and see about coming on. Most likely he would, but I mean, like, like I see more value in, is there someone that, that could talk about something that we haven't heard from or don't hear much from? Like yeah. we like I, when I had like Warren on and you had, you had him on also like, like someone that I respect that isn't, I, I asked, dude, I ask people that I want on that I talk to all the time that don't come on. Right. You know, that's what I have not done much yet is in the, the discord that I'm new to that you've been in for a long time. Uh, I was disappointed to, uh, to learn that basically everybody in that discord, they're all, there are a bunch of people that I was planning to ask to be on high stakes. And I learned right away that a lot of them are not willing to come on. Podcast. Right. Cause if they haven't come on this podcast yet, they ain't coming on yours. Cause uh, yeah. Right? I mean like it's the same thing other, other, other than, uh, other than petty. Yeah. Right. You, 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 you haven't had him on. I, I've had Petty on. Oh, you had Petty on. Petty okay. was my I, second episode. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember. I but there, there's someone that's especially during NBA season is worthwhile. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. But there's kind of like know, a lot kind of those guys would be worthwhile. I'd love to have them on the show, but they're uh, hesitant, I guess. I think they just don't care, or they don't care. Right. But I'm still gonna try. Right. Uh, and I've got some maybes, so you know. Yeah. Well, I've got maybes all the time from them also, but it doesn't mean yeah. it's it as long as I find enough people. But I mean, it's. Newer, new, it's not newer people to DFS. It's just newer people to, to the hearing Content. from, right? Yeah. In general, so like, like getting like when getting like Adam, getting uh like like Josh on or something like that. Like, yeah, it's nice to have a conversation with Josh, but like, dude, he does like That's every day. Every I day. hear from him every day. So like, yep. what's there to really talk about? But during NFL season, at least there's some, at least there's a per like I don't mind bringing on people that you hear from all the time because we'll be, we'll be talking about our thought processes of a given slate. It's so, more slate specific, right? Yeah. So like I don't like if if Alex were to want to come on for something like that, like at least there's something to talk about specifically there that it's not just general purpose that we haven't heard from a zillion times, right? Because there's a lot there's a there's a big difference between like Brian Jester. Coming on, like, oh, let's just talk about macro stuff versus let's talk about the Monday night NFL showdown slate from yesterday. Yeah. Specifically. And it's like, okay, now that there's something to like, and then you could grasp, like, were you thinking this? Were you thinking that? Were you thinking this? Yeah. What did you do there? You know, there's something to talk about. When you're doing interview macro type of stuff, there's no like, because even I'm hesitant on this show to even mention, like, you remember yesterday's slate, the Dodgers or whatever? Because because nobody remembers a random baseball slate. Right. Like, imagine listening to this three months from now. You'd be like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Yep. But if people want to uh, know what the fuck you're talking about, player Q DFS on Twitter, stochastic.com. You'll be, you'll be on more stuff during the football season, right? Yep. Football season. I Even uh, preseason. I was just uh, asked today if I want to do some hosting of preseason NFL stuff. I'll just be hosting, so you won't be really hearing my thoughts on it, because I don't typically play preseason NFL, but uh, it'll be good shows with, with Matt Kajewski. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry, apparently, is not going to be playing the preseason. I saw that. Yeah, just, just before. But also, and, and Chris Carson also just announced his retirement. Oh, did he really? Yeah, it just just came through. Uh, th- I, I'm I'm giving you the news for someone that didn't know that MVS is on the Chiefs, right? right? Tyreek there, Hill there is was... on the Dolphins now, right? He is. Yeah. Okay. This is something. Right? Remember, remember. It just if you're listening to this, remember my my. I I played DFS only, so like to me, uh, 
I learn what players are on what teams, like like the Wednesday before the first regular season NFL slate. So I, I have a leg up because I play best ball. That's the only reason I know right. where all these players are. Right. Now, obviously, it's in my time. Like, once the preseason comes around, I'll see what I'll see what's going on. The major people, whatever, like that. But, like, what team is Mike Davis on now? What team is, like, those, those like, uh, journeyman types? I... The first, I it it'll be three weeks into the season that I'll find out that the third running back because the first two got injured is like, oh, that guy's on that team now, yeah, right. Where where's where's Quadre Allison or something like that? I thought he was on the Falcons. It's like no, he's on the Raiders. He's on the but like I don't know. I have no fucking clue. It's like I'm just looking at goddamn projections. Like I, I really, I really have no. That's why it's like MVO oh, the Packers. Oh no, he's not on the Packers. So who do the Chiefs have now? They have Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, they got Juju. Uh, See, I didn't even know. I don't even know any of this. And they, they got MVS. So it's the Packers who lost MVS. Right. But I was just thinking that, that if Tyreek Hill's not on the Chiefs, I'm like, what's their receiving core look yeah, like? Yeah, so Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Sammy Watkins still there? MVS. Sammy Watkins is now in Green Bay. Uh, the, they uh, Sky something. They they drafted a guy named Sky who seems to Sky be- Bolt? The same guy on the Oakland I want to say... <laughs> I don't know what his last name. It's not. It's not Sky Bolt. Sadly, it's, it's a cool name. Uh, it's like Sky. I think it's a common last name, right? Uh, and then they, they still have Michael Hardman as well, right? So I don't. This is how little I follow, right? But hence why my t- looking at my timeline and I see all all you fucking people with your best ball drafts. Yeah, and I go. I'm, I don't even look at that. Like I don't. I try I, not to post too many of them because I do a lot of them and it's fun. But like I also know that when other people post their best ball lineups, I don't care most of them. I mean, I oftentimes I will look at them just to like see why you know figure out what kinds of lineups other people are excited about. And oftentimes they look very different than mine, the ones that I think are great. But uh, but typically it's not that interesting. Yeah, but I, I care as I you just you see how little I care when I don't even know what the players are on what teams. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'm not even looking even close to like anything. I don't. Oh, look at the! I got so and so in the fourth round. It's like, okay, I, I don't even know what team yeah. that guy's on anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know, right? Yeah. Right. So Juju Smith-Schuster is not is on the on the Chiefs. Uh, I don't even. I'll, I, I don't even want to know. I'm, I was going to start we'll asking questions. It's like it does not matter because I don't play preseason NFL either. So like, like, dude, I I I will I will not know anything until like, and even when like. The only reason I'll know on Tuesday or Wednesday is probably because I have to do content the first week for Roto Grinders. Yeah. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't figure out who's on what team until Saturday night before the first slate. <laughs> right? Yeah. Until even then, and I go, oh, okay, that's who's on what. That that's what ends up happening with me in baseball, right? Baseball comes around. I don't play pre. Like, okay, it's opening day, and I go, Max Scherzer's on the Mets, <laughs> and it's like yeah. he was like the biggest free agent. So, like, yes. If there's no DFS, I really don't give a fuck about these things, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What, what do I care? Yeah. I care about, like, basketball more, I would say. I care more about the free agent signings. But even basketball, I forget a lot of the time. Unless they unless they come to the Timberwolves, I'm, I frequently forget the, the new big signings. Someone came to the Timberwolves, right? Didn't you get Gobert? We got Rudy Gobert. We got Bryn Forbes. We got Kyle Anderson. We got Austin Rivers. It's just a superstar team. How are you gonna? How are the Timberwolves gonna play with both Towns and Gobert on the court at the same time? Towns is gonna play power forward, so uh, I actually think it might be an okay fit because Towns and he, he's he's been around for so long now that I don't know if this is still true. But early on in his career, he played his, his like in terms of his 
plus minus stats. He his plus minus stats were so much better when he played with another big man who was good defensively. So specifically mm-hmm. those years it was Gorgie Jeng, who I know a lot of people would dispute it, but he had great defensive metrics in all of the advanced stats and the regular stats defensively. Uh, when they put, were paired together, Towns had you know, very positive plus minus. And when Towns played without Gorgie Jen, it was very negative. And then same thing when, when Kevin Garnett joined the Timberwolves briefly, he was very positive when he played with Kevin Garnett. So I think he might actually pair well with a good defensive big because he doesn't really cut it defensively. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I'll care. I'll care about that. The first NBA slate, right? In October, yeah. right? At that point, it doesn't matter. So uh, you can follow me at Blender HD as always on Twitter. Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com.